so you are in the Air Force. It doesn't matter what country, for the sake of this example, I'm just going to use the United States Air Force just because, um, you know, the most UFO events have occurred, uh, seemingly reported by these United States Air Force pilots. So you are a an Air Force pilot, a highly respected one. You have TK, top secret cosmic clearance with regards to NATO, with regards to certain elements of the intelligence community, and of course, with regards to Lockheed Martin Skunk Works Division and the Air Force. And so what you're doing here, folks, is you are actually doing a flight training routine exercise with a certain extraterrestrial species that you and humanity arguably has had a deal with for, you know, 60, 70 years at this point. We'll get to that in a little bit with regards to the species intentions and all that. But the species, there's about four or five of them that say, okay, listen, we're going to be doing a flight training simulation with your SR-71s and some more black operation or black budget um products if you want to call it or aircraft but the extraterrestrials then say to your superiors we want to do this entire simulation in magnesium your superior then says to the extraterrestrials what do you mean magnesium and the extraterrestrials say listen just give us a large space we'll tell you when it's completed and when we'll let you know when it's time to do the training exercise Okay, long story short, they build this natural-looking environment, actually, believe it or not, and it looks like there's some water, there's a lake, there's a desert. You can't really tell the difference, and you're thinking in your head, this is all made of magnesium, right? Anyways, you don't question it because you know in this particular part of the way the structural hierarchy works, you don't ask any questions, right? You start to go to uh, this simulator if you want to call it, this environment, and you start conducting training exercises with alien craft parallel to the SR-71 and your craft, right? Because again, you're just going to do some comparisons, some test flights. These aliens might actually give some pointers on how to harness a little bit more of the reverse engineer technology that has not been fully understood, but understood enough to be applicable towards that of a somewhat public, you know, confrontational milit militaristic weapon, right? Anyways, you are then told by a couple of other co-pilots that are human as well, okay, let's head to the cap point, all right. And for those who don't know what cap point means, it stands for combat air patrol. These are coordinates that generally speaking, usually those within the Air Force within a particular training fleet or exercise, only the pilots themselves and a few others on the ground know of these coordinates. OK, long and long story short, the aliens themselves don't even know about the coordinates. And then all of a sudden, during this training exercise, the extraterrestrials, you could see, they fly their craft, their disc-shaped craft, to the cap point, to the coordinates, and in your head, you're the hell, we never told them. And then you think, oh, okay, whatever, you know, telepathically, they must have figured it out. Once they get to the cap point, they then tell you and your human uh, co-pilots to head towards the cap point as well. And they say, listen, you're going to want to see this. As you start heading to the cap point, everything around you collapses. But it looks like the way in which it would be similar to that of an example out of the Matrix movie with Keanu Reeves, right? Where everything looks digital, it looks like it's code, but it's not. It looks electrical, it looks frequential, it feels vibrational. And the feeling you get is that time has stopped all around you. Very similar to the feeling you get, for example, when you are, I don't know, you're in love with someone and you're sharing a very intimate moment and it sort of feels like everything around you does not matter in that particular point in time and sort of everything just stops right and I think a lot of us have experienced this but this is exactly what this pilot feels at throughout this entire simulation and everything around them just collapses this my friends is how magnesium is used for pocket dimensions now i'm sorry for a little bit of a long example i do want to give a bit of a shout out to our good friend patreon member scott riel nils in addition to griff 
I like, and I'm going to get to much more very soon. I'd like to thank all of you for giving me some of these ideas and connections for today's public episode. With that being said, we do have a Patreon. Um, it does help support the show. We would truly appreciate it if you check it out. There's actually quite a few things in today's episode I won't be able to cover because I would get kicked off of YouTube for even saying it. Now, let's get into it. So first off, the cap point, covertly inducing magnesium nanoquells to access hidden apostolic archives, and then in brackets, Curlian photography. Now, okay, first off, let's define what cap point means. And according to Wikipedia, combat air patrol, and I quote, is a type of flying mission for fighter aircraft. A combat air patrol is an aircraft patrol provided over an objective area, over the force protected, over the critical area of a combat zone, or over an air defense area for the purpose of intercepting and destroying hostile aircraft before they reach their target. Combat air patrols apply to both overland and overwater operations, protecting other aircraft, fixed and mobile sites on land, or ships at sea, end quote. Doesn't sound like much of a, you know, massive strategic leap in terms of the way in which it would be proposed theoretically from a militaristic sense. Seems like a pretty simple strategy, doesn't it? Anyways, let's take a look at this right over here. Curlian photography. Now, before I go on, I just want to say, it has been speculated, and thank you to the gentleman who actually commented this on a previous episode. I've done some research to substantiate this, but it has been... Um, speculated that there were certain Japanese fighter pilots in the Second World War that actually tested out Curlian lenses and goggles, okay, in addition to Daikonin lenses and goggles, and allegedly they started seeing spirits and demons using this type of vision as they were flying in the sky. Now, let's take a look. According to Wikipedia, Curlian photography is a collection of photographic techniques used to capture the phenomenon of electrical coronal discharges. It is named after Semyon Curlian, who in 1939 accidentally discovered that if an object on a photographic plate is connected to a high voltage source, an image is produced on the photographic plate. The technique has been variously known as electrography, electrophotography, corona discharge photography, CDP, bioelectrography, gas di discharge uh, visualization. Anyways, end quote. Anyways. What we're going to find here and I, is that paranormal claims have been made about this as well as Daikonin too, right? It's not really that far out there. However, you might be saying, Dave, why do you bring this up? Well, I'm going to be putting up on the screen right now some images of what Curlian photography actually does. With that being said, the way in which we can visualize Curlian photography actually matters quite substantially relative to the NanoQuell document. Now, you might be saying, Dave, what is the NanoQuell document? Well, folks, first off, let me make this very clear. I am not someone who is trying to pretend to be someone that has access to information that you know uh, that you cannot get a hold of or something like this I've navigated the dark web I found this nanoquell document it has been substantiated by Edward Snowden I have to be careful about even speaking about it here without getting kicked out because it has to do with microchipping and things like that so please check out our patreon if you want to see the document and what it connects to in many different ways if not shoot me an email and I can send you the document directly anyways take a look at this right over here this is just a simple search on DuckDuckGo.com. This is a poster, amongst many others, put up at the Denver airport. What are we doing? It says here, building an Illuminati headquarters, all right? Or it says here, remodeling the lizard people's lair, all right? Now, why do I bring this up? We cannot say that they did not tell us and put this right in front of our faces. Interestingly enough, these posters started to appear at the Denver airport as more and more social media posts regarding Curlian photography and Daikonin started to appear. Now, again, could that be coincidental? Absolutely. I'm not saying this is fact. I'm just saying we have to make the connections as we see them. It's not for me to tell you folks what's right or wrong, what's fact or fiction. But again, we need to understand this. Now, shortly after as well, too, I was doing some research late last evening. 
And what I'm going to find, what, what I found here, excuse me, is that the more social media and online posts within major websites like Facebook, Reddit, uh, you know, Twitter, regarding people trying out Daikonin, regarding people trying out Curlian photography within that of the paranormal and fringe UFO sort of niche community, more and more appearances of things such as Mothman started showing up, not within the West, not within North America, rather. Excuse me, but more so within countries like Russia, within countries like Latin America, which is interesting because, again, what I find to be so peculiar is that it seems as though the NSA, using the Vatican's SIV, which we're going to be covering very shortly, actually, in a certain way, surveils the amount of social media posts relative to the amount of appearances and sightings that are going on. Therefore, they start to let loose in terms of the drop feeding, the disinformation, to help curate mass consciousness for the long term. This is a terrible thing for the elites on the short term, but for the long term, it's a great thing. Now, let's get to the really good stuff right here. Let's take a look at wikipedia.org. Vatican Apostolic Archive. The Vatican Apostolic Archive, okay, known until October 2019 as the Vatican Secret Archive, is the central repository in the Vatican City of all acts promulgated by the Holy See. The Pope, as sovereign of Vatican City, owns the material held in the archive until his death or resignation with ownership passing to his successor. The archive also contains site papers, correspondence, account books, and many other documents that the church has accumulated over the centuries. Okay? Anyways, long story short, it's literally, end quote, I kid you not, folks, it's about 85 kilometers in, if you were to take the pages and lay them all out side by side, that's how much knowledge there is. With that being said, this is arguably, excuse me, one of the most important parts of the episode. Monkeyandelf.com. Is Vatican ready to reveal its secret files on extraterrestrial life? Okay, now, there are, and I quote, there are 17 million pages of documents corresponding to a period of 12 centuries in more than 85 kilometers of shelves. Again, like I just said, the secrecy surrounding these writings has given birth to multiple conspiracy theories. However, take a look at this. Even when Cardinal Conrado Balducci commented more than 15 years ago that at least his experience told him that the presence of intelligent beings in the cosmos was inevitable, he spoke not only as a man of the church. Interest and quote. Interestingly enough, when they speak on alien, aliens, excuse me, just like President Medvedev did in the last previous public episode, they have to clarify, oh, I'm speaking on behalf of myself and my opinion, not of the church or the institution or the state, which again is interesting because if we parallel that with, again, James Fox's interview on Spotify with Joe Rogan and Jacques Vallée, what we're going to notice too is that Jacques Vallée and James Fox in that interview seem to watch their words very carefully. Why do they do that? Because they mention, it seems they either let it slip or do it intentionally. They say, this, is, this wouldn't be to the liking of Stanford or Harvard if we went this far and said XX, you know, so-and-so. Again, the institutions are controlling the dissemination of all this, which is why Majestic 12 must consist of both government, academic, and rogue body institutional representatives, as Lou Elizondo has hinted at. But again, you don't have to believe Lou Elizondo or me. Let's just look at the evidence. Let's take a look at this right over here. And I quote, that means that all beings in the universe, including aliens, are reconcil reconcilable with God. Nominated in the Vatican as Father of Honor since 1964, Balducci is an official member of the Pope's family. Anywhere, anyways, excuse me. <clears throat> Take a look at this right here. For many years now, the Vatican has installed VAT, acronym for astronomical and radio telescopes in different parts of the world. In reality, there are only a dozen spread over the Earth's surface, and strangely, the one located in the United States is equidistant from two leading places in UFO folklore, Area 51 
and the Vatican's version of the NSA, end quote. This is interesting because, again, the only thing that we find on the surface level of the Vatican's own version of the NSA or their own version of the CIA is the Silo Project. Okay, now, here's the thing. What do we know about the Silo Project? Now, before I go on with the Silo Project, I just want to say, interestingly enough, notice how there's 12 satellites? Only 12 satellites placed around the Earth? Majestic 12, again? Even if there's more than 12 members, there may still be 12 governing bodies relative to the power structure and control, which is interesting because it is also parallel to the stories told by the Anunnaki, or at least the writings of the Anunnaki, excuse me, where there were allegedly 12 different regions. Why 12? I don't know, but again, we see the consistency, we see the data points. Let's take a look at this right over here. The truth is in secretum.blogspot.com. Not exactly a mainstream media website. Anyways, this is an Italian independent journalist who's trying to uh, you know advocate for the release of extraterrestrial knowledge and paranormal knowledge from the Vatican take a look at this right here after the publication of these articles he started going talking more uh, speaking more publicly about his beliefs and all that I started to receive many emails from a person who identified himself as a Vatican insider he was interested in me and my research into Fatima from those emails a story emerged about an enigmatic Vatican intelligence agency named SIV code for, for Servizio Informazione del Vaticano informational servicing the Vatican it, that's loosely what it translates to basically Vatican intelligence um, after one year of such epistolary contacts in the meantime that person had revealed to me he was an SIV member from the Jesuit order working in structures of the Holy See and I could verify that this information were true we finally met in a public place in Rome and I realized he knew much more than what he had said in his letters moreover he sent me some material including a video shown during the Pescara conference regarding observations of something like a tenth planet approaching the solar system video evidence shows existence of planet X again Planet X is not the focus here, but again, we're going to notice the connections relative to the, to the design structure of how people create curly and photographic machines at home is very similar to the design structure in an, an electromagnetic and frequential sense, excuse me, to what Planet X is apparently being perpendicularly used for in correspondence to the 12 satellites that are tracking this coming in. Okay, now take a look at this. This video had presumably been uh, taped in 1995 from a space probe named Silo, again, the Silo Project, and its images had later been sent to a secret radio telescope hidden in an abandoned oil refining plant in Alaska, totally managed by the Jesuits. According to this person, the reason to establish the SIV was the meeting with an alien delegation at Maroc Air Airfield Base in February in 1950 in Eisenhower and James Francis McIntyre, Bishop of, of Los Angeles, end quote. Before I go on... That, that's the Griotta Treaty, just to be clear. This independent journalist, respectfully, I don't think knew the name of that treaty at the time that they were writing this, but again, no problem. After the incredible event, McIntyre flew to Rome to refer with Pope Pius, who decided to, f to found the SIV with the aim to gather all possible information about aliens and how they interact with the American government. Bishop McIntyre and Detroit Archbishop Edward Mooney became the main information coordinators between USA and the Vatican State. Incredibly, later on, there should have been some direct personal meetings between SIV members and a Nordic-looking race of aliens coming from the Pleiades. These aliens presumably warned humans against another alien race met by the Americans in the California desert. These meetings between SIV and aliens took place mainly in the USA territory, but also two times in the Vatican State, precisely in Vatican Gardens at the Papal Academy of Scientists in present of Pope Pius. 
My Jesuit contact also confirmed to me the reality of the George Adamski uh, meeting and talked about some very interesting details about it. And Pope John Paul, apparently George Adamski and Pope John Paul had a secret meeting. He also called Secretum Omega, the highest secrecy level in SIV equivalent to the NATO cosmic top secret. And if for those and quote, for those of you that check out my Instagram or you check the members episode recently, Robert Dean, former cosmic top secret clearance uh, NATO uh, Air Force military intelligence analyst, said again, by 1967, if I'm not mistaken, they concluded that there were four main species that were coming and going that had designated interests in this planet. Whether it was good or not is not for me to say, of course. But again, there were many more. If we take a look, for example, at the different classifications of you know, uh, former military uh, whistleblowers like Clifford Stone. And by the time he got out in 1989, they cataloged seven species. Again, let me make this clarification. Just because they cataloged them doesn't mean that there's all these species coming and going all the time. Again, according to Paul Hellyer, which is consistent with the Israeli sp space minister and many other uh, testimonial uh, witness uh, witnesses, including Robert Dean, in, as well as Phil uh, Phil Philip Corso, there's four to five species that are coming and going with controlling vying interests. Okay, so again, let's move on. Let's take a look at this over here. Mobile.twitter.com. Strange blue lights after 7.0 earthquake in Mexico. Now, we're going to play this very quickly. I'm going to be putting it up on the screen as I keep speaking. The reason I bring this up, folks, is because this earthquake was not necessarily natural relative to the story that was told in the previous Let's Get Banned episode where a Nordic alien had told some ufologists that some explosions and sonic booms you hear are actually the Nordic species working, or at least a faction of them, working with the United States Air Force on a very secret underwater project and that's why these anomalies are occurring and again it's a perfect time to do it when you take a look for example at the nanoquel document i'll reference uh, to back to that again very quickly members you'll know specifically what i'm referring to if you saw the members episode that just came out this morning if you look at the nanoquel document this is exactly what the nanoquel document predicted and that was from 2013 that's in, that, that's insane. Anyways, the next thing you might be saying is, okay dave what does this have to do with magnesium and what does this have to do with the apostolic uh apostolic archives well when we take a look for example folks at the fact that magnesium is so light and according to multiple eyewitness testimonies even you know bob lazar and many others they have said when trying to reverse engineer certain alien craft particularly alien craft that was dug up from archaeological digs they could almost lift the entire craft from the outside with their finger literally that's how light it was but once they stepped in on the inside it was it felt as heavy as could be you couldn't even lift up a, a, a little, you know, if you were to try to rip off a certain panel or something like that. How is that the case? Well, <clears throat> if you folks remember a couple weeks ago, we, we touched very deeply and covered pocket dimensions. The way in which, you know, from the outside, it looks like a regular school bus and then you go on the inside and it's much larger. It's more like the size of an airplane. Sort of like Tartaria in Doctor Who, right? Now, these pocket dimensions overall are actually used and manifested in a way that could be harnessed for physical strength and capabilities. Now, the greys don't do this because of the telepath telepathic abilities they have. They can do everything with their minds. However, there are different species as well as breakaway human civilizations from many thousands of years ago that have evolved in a hybrid sense and in a hybrid faction from other galaxies that have actually come here to explain to us the way in which this metal works. Now, here's what's equally interesting too 
Take a look at this right here. Fizz.org. Scientists look to capture clean energy from our clothing. Could a jacket or a pair of jeans one day power your mobile phone and other electronic devices? Okay, this is the aim of a multidiscipline team of scientists, including from Harriet Watt University's Research Institute for Flexible Materials, who are behind a new project to harvest the kinetic energy generated in clothing through state-of-the-art nanotechnology, end quote. I wonder which nanotechnology document they're referring to. For those of you that check out the NanoQuell document, huh, it looks pretty similar to what they were talking about here with regards to the dissemination into the commercialization of the public domain. And this was back in 2013, right? And that was phase four, right? And members will know what I'm speaking about here. Now, again, we know for a fact, realistically, energy could be accessed in the ether. But again, the, the power hierarchy will not allow that to happen. I would dare to argue, even when there is extraterrestrial disclosure, it will not come from the, the, the perspective of there is free energy everywhere. Now, take a look at this, medicalexpress.com. Single neurons might behave as networks, all right? And if you combine this type of scientific apparatus with the kinetic energy experiment that is occur occurring, what you're going to find is that this is exactly representative of the ancient scriptures across multiple ancestral cultures, having to do with the creation and curation of free energy for a city. But again, the elites in this timeline are trying to control and designate and curate this apparatus to only be relative to that of something that could be purchased using monetary value that has been now so preconceived and so manifested in a literal ideological sense in our minds that we're so attached to it, it's not even funny. Now, one more thing I want to reference back on fizz.org is that this is a team of scientists from Harriet Watt University's research. You know Harriet Watt University, what they're known for? They're known for doing quite a bit of work with the Rand Corporation. As well as Palantir. For those who don't know who those two companies are, I suggest you give that a quick search. That should tell you everything you need to know. Anyways, let's move on. ScienceAlert.com. When robot eyes gaze back at humans, something changes in our brain and behavior. When you know you're being watched by somebody, it's hard to not to pretend they're, they're there. It can be difficult to block them out and keep focus, feeling their gaze bearing upon you. In new research, scientists set up an experiment where people played a game against a robot. Your brain will also need to employ effort, um, effortful and costly process to try to ignore that case of the robot. End quote. Basically, it's, it's essentially saying here that robots are not so much different from humans with regards to their external sensory and depth. Excuse me, external sensory apparatuses that have now been placed on top of these robots. Why? Because there has been a slow leak through the usage of these underground bases to disseminate the different quantum computational breakthroughs and use that within these robots. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm also not saying that's a bad thing either. That's not for me to decide. However, we can see here the Regalian agenda trying to advance the replication of an artificial soul. And they're, again, going back to the Denver airport uh, our, um, picture that we looked at right at the very beginning. They're not hiding it. They're putting it right in front of our faces. It's not that difficult to realize, right? So again, take a look at this right over here. This is from fractalfield.com. Again, thank you so much to my friends uh, Scott and Riel for elaborating and expanding on this topic um, in the Telegram group chats as well. You see here, folks, what we're going to find is that if you take a look at the energy and the apparatus of the golden ratio, the way in which the energy is harnessing squares, circles, pentagrams, triangles, in order to curate the different vantage points that seem to be representative and parallel and equidistant to 
equal equidistant to excuse me the 12 satellites that seem to be corresponding with the Je Jesuits with the MJ majestic 12 with the Vatican with the CIA and God knows what other agencies we do not know about so again this sort of form of sacred geometry doesn't seem to be something that is ignored by the military rather it is revered and arguably arguably praised which is why again we have to go to a website like fractalfield.com to view this type of science to be able to realize wait the golden ratio the Fibonacci sequence we can see all of this happening in real time we can understand that the way in which these energies are used relative also to curly and photography we can get a glimpse into what the military has known for at least since the 50s at this point at least since the 50s right anyways take a look at this <clears throat> the hermetic Caduceus, pardon me if I butchered that pronunciation, is the wave mechanics of phase conjugation. Interesting, the wave mechanics of phase conjugation. You know who else is also a team of scientists are studying the wave mechanics of phase conjugation? The team of scientists that also want to create kinetic energy from our clothes. I'm not saying those scientists are, they know this secret or they, they know the missing equations relative to what's being hidden from the STEM community at a, at a public level of discretion. But again, it's a waste of time, but this is how disclosure works. The question is, are the elites being controlled by a certain species or what's happening here, right? So again, take a look at this right here. Interestingengineering.com. Novel artificial cell-like structures can mimic natural living cells. But again, what is natural? If we go back to the example I gave at the beginning of this episode where everything just falls within that of the magnesium simulator, what's natural? It's hard to say, right? And if we reference Jacques Vallée again, his interview with Joe Rogan and James Fox, he says that magnesium could be found on Mars, it could be found anywhere. But the key difference with the magnesium shot off from these UFO craft is that the, at the atomic structure, they have been reorganized so precisely. It's like they're living and can think for themselves. Is that not what this is right here? Novel artificial cell-like structures can mimic natural living cells? Is, is that not what that is? I mean, think about it. Look at this. Arts, uh, excuse me, ArsTechnica.com. Fusion startup builds 10 foot high 20 Tesla superconducting magnet. But again, if you take a look into some of the regulations that this, this startup has, there's quite a few regulations that bar them from producing certain energy that Tesla would have produced relative to creating free energy. So you see the form of control that the public uh, uh, academia community has because again, MJ12 has infu infiltrated public academia or rather they inadvertently infiltrated i like to call it that because some of them j were already within public academia some of these rogue individuals they joined Maj majestic 12 later on and that just gets passed down to their predecessor over and over and over look at this fizz.org again artificial brain networks simulated with new quantum materials again it's not perfect but you see the drop feeding all of these articles folks have come out in the last week by the way these are not articles that i'm pulling part of my english pulling out of my ass from six months ago a year ago look at the timing of all this just, I mean, it, it speaks for itself, really. It speaks for itself. Look at this, Unite.ai. Quantum computers check accuracy of one another. So when you get to this point, relative to what we understand is being hidden from us, at least generally or preconceived concept of what's being hidden from us, what's, what's natural and what isn't? I mean, it, it's a scary thought, but we have to understand. And the final thing I want to reference is this right here. Greedy A this is according to spectrum.ieee.org. Greedy AI agents learn to cooperate. Again, what is natural or not relative to our understanding? It's unfortunate, but perception is reality. So again, folks, let me know what you think, and we'll catch all of you very, very soon. Cheers.